Welcome to the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. Newsmakers in the world of New Orleans area sports in candid conversations with members of the Crescent City Sports Team. Presented by Southland Plumbing Supply. Local, family-owned, and operated since 1967 with locations in Metairie and in Mandeville. And now, this week's edition of the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. Hi, I'm Ken Trahan, and welcome to this edition of the Crescent City Sportsmakers Podcast. Our guest today happens to be the preeminent high school football coach in Louisiana and one of the most significant high school coaches in the history of the sport in the United States. And he's a personal friend and a gentleman that's done it with class and dignity and has honored the legacy of his father in the process at John Curtis Christian School. He is J.T. Curtis. Hey, Coach, did I get that right? Well, you said a lot of stuff, Ken. I, I hope I can live up to that. <laughs> I certainly uh, uh, have always tried to uh, honor my father and my mother and, and their desire for our school and the, and the goals and the uh, aspirations they had for the young people that uh, play here or go to school here. And, uh, you know, I, we want to honor God by the manner of our living and, and how we do things, and hopefully that's been the case. You know, you got to 600. It's not something you really wanted to talk about beforehand. Uh, now it's a little bit down the road. So upon reflection, now what does it mean to you personally? What does it mean to uh, the family, to the program, to the school that bears your family name? Well, you know, I, I think without question it was a, a milestone and a good one, a big one, and one that so many people had uh, to make a contribution to in order for that to all take place. And, you know, I have said many times that head coaches get way too much credit when we win and we get way too much credit when we lose. It, it's a, If you're going to have a successful program uh, and as opposed to a successful team, then the, the idea is that a lot of people have to contribute in a lot of ways. And we've been very fortunate to have that. Uh, we've had great stability in our staff. We've had parents that have entrusted their children to us and have, have allowed us to work with them. And, and I think we've done a, a good job of trying to maximize the potential of each one of these young men that we deal with in, in football. And, and really, that's our goal for all of our athletes, uh, whether it be male or female, that we have them an opportunity to maximize their potential. At the, at the end of the day, I, I don't want them to look back and say, I wish I would have. Or, or why didn't you? Uh, and and I, I really take a lot of a pride in, in trying to make sure that uh, we do things as well as we can so that the young people will have a chance to be successful. And that's culminated with 600 wins. And, and uh, there's a lot, as I said, a lot of people deserve a lot of credit for that. I detailed all the milestone wins in a story at CrescentCitySports.com, but try to pick out a few of the the ones that, that may have had the most significance. Of course, 1970, the first win had to be very significant after going winless in year one. Yeah, well, we, you know, and, and we go winless in, in year one and then get in the playoffs in 70, and, and uh, we, we end up losing to uh, Central Catholic Morgan City. But, uh, you know, we, it was the first time our school had ever gone to the playoffs, and, and, and that was a, a memorable experience. I can still remember... Uh, pull it up to school, and there was a big Greyhound bus sitting there to take us to Central Catholic, and uh, 
you know, you just, it was a, a great moment and, and one that those kids were on that team. And certainly I, as the coach, uh, have never forgotten. Uh, and then in 75, winning the first state championship, we played the Notre Dame McCrowley. Uh, and of course, I don't know, it, a lot of the old timers will remember that Ted Gormley uh, field at that particular uh, era of time was not in pristine condition to say the least. <laughs> they had to get a, a road grader out there to smooth it out, pack it down, and uh, uh, the coach at Notre Dame was all upset because he said the field wasn't playable, and uh, you know there was a, a bunch of stuff that went on. But we were able to pull that one out and, and win it uh, thirteen to twelve, and being a first state championship was was certainly uh, a memorable experience. And and, and still have a lot of contact with a lot of those people that were on that team. And then I, I think when we made the transition uh, from AA to 3A in 85, that whole era was a, was a, really, was a really strong group of players and, and uh, a, a transition for our school and playing up in classification uh, uh, was the really first experience we had with that and we were able to compete. Uh, and and then I think in the in the early '90s uh, we had some really outstanding teams, uh, teams that uh, were able to win state championships at a very high level and, and with a great deal of uh, uh, competition that we had to face in that district with Old Prairie Walker and and uh, uh, Frank Wilson who was their coach and uh, Jack Phillips at Carver High School and the players that they were producing. Uh, that was a highly competitive league, and uh, wins in that uh, in that era were just were, were just really uh, were tough. Uh, and, and then I think you know the the win against Hoover uh, was a big was a big moment uh, from a national perspective because I, I, not a lot of people knew much about uh, us in Louisiana, but uh, that game uh, winning it the way we won it uh, fairly convincingly. I, I think really kind of set a tone for not only us uh, as a school, but really for our state because uh, Hoover High School at that time was had their television show called Two a Days, and uh, they were rolling along, and and people were just it was one of those huge public schools in Alabama, and uh, I think it kind of set a tone uh, that that people realized that you know we play pretty good football here, and that's a pretty good football team. And then I guess the, the, the 2012 national championship team, you know, and, and that was always subject to, uh, unfortunately, you can't play for a national championship, but it was, that was an awfully good dominant team also uh, that, that uh, uh, has some excellent players on it and, and, and really played a tough schedule and was able to, uh, to, to pretty much uh, have its way as we played through the season. Uh, and I think those, you know, some of the highlights uh, that that have occurred through the years. But to be honest, you know, all the wins are good, and and the losses are the ones you learn from and and you grow from, uh, and that's what makes this game exciting. You know, I get the question all the time, Ken: uh, Do you ever get tired of doing this, or uh, when will you retire, or is that ever get old? And when you're dealing with with young people. You're not going to get tired, and you're not you're not going to get bored because every year is a new challenge. Every year is a new way how to put teams together. Uh, just as it is this year, you know, we 
we unfortunately had to miss a bunch of games and, and uh, trying to get this team solidified and, and know uh, the ins and outs of them is, is a challenge on a day-to-day basis. And it's what keeps you fresh and what keeps you motivated. So I, I would say those are kind of the highlights that we've gone through over the last uh, few years. And I'm sure uh, people will hear this and they'll say, well, wait a minute, what about the 87 team? Or <laughs> what about the 95 team? Or what about, and they have a point. They have a point. They're, they're, that's, that's their group of guys and their wins that they had. And uh, those wins are significant to them. And, and they're certainly significant to me also. Our guest is JT Curtis. More of the Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast after this from Southland Plumbing Supply. DLSU Report brought to you by Southland Plumbing, lighting appliances and generators in Metric and Mandeville. How about them Tigers on Eli Day in Oxford? LSU falls to Ole Miss 31-17 in a game that looked much worse. Tigers lead 7-zip early with a chance to go up 14-0 but can't cash in on a first and goal from the Rebel 5. Ole Miss scores 31 straight points, goes up 31-7 after three quarters. Tigers bring in freshman Nussmeyer for Max Johnson, scores 10 points in the fourth quarter to make it somewhat respectable. I wonder if Gojo is ready for his farewell tour to end. Next up, much needed buy for me and LSU. Then Tigers go to Tuscaloosa to face number three Satan in the Crimson Tide. That should be a hoot. Remember, buy local and buy from a Tiger. You just got the lowdown on the Tigers from this past week from my man. No, that's my man. My man. A.V. Allen Venturelli. Family owned and operated for over 50 years. Welcome back. As we continue on with J.T. Curtis, the Crescent City Sportsmakers podcast, with Coach Curtis continuing. And, and Coach, you pointed out great wins. I would add the the first Superdome Classic beating E.D. White in the game that I covered in the Dome in 1981. When the, that was w- certainly a big one. You're, you know, and again, I, as I said, there are going to be games that people pointed out and, and remembered, and that was a big one. First of all, being in the Classic and uh, having to, to rally and, and, and survive against E.D. White, uh, who was an awfully good football team. That was certainly a big win also. You're exactly right. And a guy that meant so much to New Orleans, to the Superdome, to John Curtis, Bill Curl, who really uh, was the shepherd and the champion of bringing this together and making this Superdome Classic a reality. Bill Curl was a unique individual who had an eye and an understanding of putting things together that other people uh, didn't think were possible. And uh, he was a great father. Uh, I coached both of his sons, and uh, he stayed involved with us uh, after his boys had graduated and, uh, and and I think did things for the Louisiana Superdome that uh, a lot of people have no idea the impact that he had. And certainly uh, his mentorship between the Dome and the LHSAA uh, was what allowed us to have the classic that it has turned into. You've often told the story about the helmet with the JC, you'll never take the Christian off the helmet because your dad would, would virtually kill you if you did. But that's clearly the ministry and the mission that he established. And, and I know you've chosen to carry it on in strong fashion, not just with the helmet, with the mission of the school, but with Coliseum Baptist Church and what you've continued to do with that ministry at school. Well, the, my father's message was always that if we don't have the spiritual part of life, intact first then the rest of it 
it is not going to work out the way you want it to. And, and that he felt like that the moral and ethical and spiritual values that come from the relationship with God through Christ would, is invaluable in the lives of young people. And that if, if, if that is in place and, and you do the job educationally, then you, you put citizens in the community that are going to be moral and ethically uh, and spiritually strong and they're going to make contributions to the community. And, and interestingly, he, he felt like it was important from a non-denominational perspective. And, you know, a lot of times, Ken, this gets lost in that my dad was a non-denominationalist as a school before non-denominationalism was a big thing. You know, today there are a lot of uh, big mega churches and so forth that are non-denominational. And, and he just felt like that he did not want people to confuse religion with relationship. Uh, that those are two different things and that uh, you can be religious, but if you don't have a personal relationship with God through Christ, then uh, it, it's not going to fare out very well. So, uh, and, and he passed that same uh, mission on to us. And as he said, as, as long as I'm living, that's the way it's going to be. And as long as that I'm alive and my brothers and sisters are alive, that's the way it's going to be because that's the whole reason that we have John Curtis Christian School. So you transition to the quote-unquote Catholic League, long-term traditional league that's had great success, great followings, good missions, uh, Christian Catholic schools. And, and the fit down the road, as I observe it, has been good. There were there was a lot of consternation initially. Obviously, there were people that didn't want it, but I'm looking at it through clear-colored glasses, and to me, it's been a good fit. Is that your read as well? Uh, no question. I, I think from a lot of perspectives, I think it's been good. I think it's been good for the community in terms of all of us understanding that uh, Christianity is not wrapped up in, again, a religion. It's, it, it's, it's a relationship, and I think that the relationship that the schools have and, uh, and the missions that the schools have parallel one another very closely. Uh, secondly, I, I think it's such a well-run league. Uh, I will say that, you know, through the years, and there's been a lot of them, but I've been in different districts. Uh, this is by far the best-run district that I've ever been in. And uh, it would be a model for any district to emulate because they – uh, are concerned about the welfare of the athlete, both male and female. Uh, they work well together, and they have the same goals. And it's been a, a real uh, uh, blessing to be in the league and to watch it operate. And uh, hopefully we've made some contribution, uh, but we've really enjoyed being a part of this league. Everybody targets a winner. You've been vilified over the years for winning. People make accusations about everything. You've done everything to mitigate that, playing up in class throughout the course of your tenure there to try to alleviate those issues, and yet we still have this split, which I detest. I I can't stand it. I never will. I respect all opinions. And with that in mind, there isn't anything else that John Curtis can do. Uh, Is there any chance whatsoever that we ever see this organization back together? Well, you know, and you know the history, and, and I was approached, very early on about moving up in class, especially in that first Superdome Classic, when, oh, one of the Superdome Classics, when they asked us to, that we allowed us to compete up in the Classic. 
and we did that. And, and the idea was is that uh, it would it would alleviate the problems, and 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 we would get us up in class and get Evangel up in class, and that that would end uh, the split because uh, uh, we would be out of A double A triple A four A. Well, the bottom line was it didn't. Uh, there was resentment and animosity uh, through all the classes, and uh, it's it's really disappointing uh, that uh, that our our state leaders in education have not found a way to work together and to allow us to compete in a state that has as good a high school football as there is in the country. And uh, I, I never give up. Uh, I'm, I'm an optimist and always hope that there will be a breakthrough somewhere uh, and that cooler heads will prevail, uh, maybe through the state government. Uh, but it, the, the longer we go like this, I think the more difficult it's going to be. Uh, but I, I think that it's an injustice uh, to our people uh, that have to have such limited playoff experience uh, that don't have the opportunity to compete against the other better schools uh, in the playoffs in the state, whether it be uh, north, south, uh, east or west. Uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much confined to our local area. And uh, I, I think that's a, a real injustice to the, to the players. And and I think that was that's what needs to be considered first and foremost. Here's the bottom line, in my opinion. You're never going to have an equal playing field. You know, that was the mantra that was uh, out there, the playing field's not equal. And in reality, there is no such thing as an equal playing field. You, you do the best you can with what you've been uh, given and, and then the results you have to live with and you have to be satisfied with because you know you've done your best. And I would much rather see us have that as our theme rather than animosity and finding ways to create champions rather than earn championships. Final thought, do you give any time whatsoever or anything in your mind's eye in reference to 22 more wins and what that would mean for you and what it would mean for the school and and to put a cap on this career of yours? Well, here's where I am. I owe these young people the very best that I could give them. And, and really, that's the way I've always approached it. Uh, you know, somebody asked me in, in 69, you know, were you discouraged? And I said, you know, I, not really. I, I, it didn't dawn on me, and maybe because I was too young and too naive to realize we didn't have a chance to win the next game. I didn't realize that. I thought we had a shot at, at winning it and, and tried to prepare that way. And and, and in reality, we just didn't have the people to do that. But you know what? It never crossed my mind not to give our best effort and, and to work as hard as we could. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to do it that way and uh, let the results take care of themselves. 53 years running with a, a brilliant football program, most accomplished in Louisiana, one of the most accomplished coaches in the history of the United States and a school in River Ridge that has been a, a beacon of light for so many people for so many years. John Curtis Christian School. J.T. Curtis, thank you for the time. Always appreciate it. God bless you and yours, and keep up the great work in ministering to young people. Thank you, Ken. We appreciate being with you, and uh, God bless you, and continue to pray for, you know, the people that have suffered through this hurricane and, and, and the loss of their uh, their physical property and, and some of the emotional stresses that they're going through. 
Uh, I know it's affected a lot of people in a in a very difficult way, and, and we need to be supportive of one another through that. Thank you again, and uh, look forward to talking with you at another time. Thank you, JT. Thanks to our guest, JT Curtis. The Crescent City Sports Makers podcast is a presentation of Crescent City Sports. Join us again next time for more conversations with area newsmakers in the world of sports. Until then, Ken Trahan saying thanks for joining us. Be a good sport, and God bless you one and all. Rounding third and heading home. So long. Thanks for joining us for the Crescent City Sports Makers podcast, presented by Southland Plumbing Supply. Local, family-owned, and operated since 1967, with locations in Metairie and in Mandeville. Subscribe to our podcast through your favorite provider, then join us each week for more candid conversations with newsmakers in the world of New Orleans area sports. It's all on the Crescent City Sports Makers Podcast. <laughs>